Welcome to the First Church Message of the Week podcast. Thanks for listening in. It is the simple people who are the first to get to see the newborn king. Shepherds. Most people, even in town there in Bethlehem, had no idea the world was being changed by the birth of this child. We honor the glory and humility of the Incarnation when our celebrations are easy, simple, and include the least of these and the outcasts. In this week's message of the week, we continue our worship series titled A Simple Christmas with a message from Pastor Jen Tyler. She shares from Luke 2 and highlights the simple celebration that took place at the birth of Jesus. Here is the First Church Message of the Week. Let's pray together. Faithful and loving God, we give you thanks for gathering us here together. And as we listen for your word, we ask that you would open our ears anew that we might hear you clearly in this place. Open our eyes that we might see you more clearly and our hearts that we might love you more deeply, ridding us from any and all distractions so that all that we see and hear and know and feel and speak are of you. Amen. So ready or not, I won't ask which one that is. Christmas is one week away. And so today, as in preparation for that, we are going to continue reading through the Christmas story as we have been all season, focusing on the simplicity of this story, but also some of the complexities of this story as we focus on the gift of Jesus' birth and all who would hear and be a part of it. And so today, our reading comes from Luke chapter 2. We're going to pick up reading where we left off last week. So last week, if you were with us, you heard the story of Jesus' birth and how he was wrapped in bands of cloth and laid in a manger. So we pick up from there after there was no place for them in the inn to hear this story of the shepherds. Beginning in verse 8, Luke chapter 2 says to us, in that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and had gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. Here ends our reading today. 
One of the many things that I love about this millennia old story is that the shepherds as main characters is pretty far from the least expected thing that would have been in that time. The shepherds at the time, as Lori alluded to a bit, were considered, well, unimportant people for lack of a nicer way to say that. So they were these people who, in their time and culture, we are told they literally lived in the fields, the passage tells us, and they were given this opportunity, these unexpected, unsuspecting sort of people, to take part in not just a world-changing moment as bystanders, but to take part in this as faithful people that we can look up to. In many ways, that reminds me of how we should spend more of our own time and energy and our time and place lifting up some of the people that maybe we're not good at remembering or giving thanks for or celebrating. Sometimes there are everyday faithful people in our lives that we don't give second thought to because we just kind of get used to them being there or doing all the things or being super volunteers as some would have it. And I'm glad that we're not in this phase anymore, but it reminds me a little bit of how during the peak of COVID, do you remember when we did that well? When we took time to call out and give thanks for some of our essential workers that we otherwise were quick to overlook before that? Whether that was our nurses and our doctors that we were grateful were in those very full hospitals working long shifts, or they were our teachers that we finally began to realize and appreciate for all that they do all the time and then some. Or maybe it was some of those other folks that we don't tend to lift up as much as we should, like those grocery store clerks who were essential workers too and made sure that we stayed fed. Or maybe even some of those factory workers who did really important work, like make sure that the toilet paper shortage was brief. Right? We Things that maybe we can laugh about a little now, but they ring true, don't they? I mean, I personally love to think about things like the toilet paper shortage and to laugh about how ridiculous this story is going to be for generations to come when they realize that of all the things in the world, we panicked about toilet paper in the middle of a global health crisis. Sometimes... The unexpected is worth highlighting and celebrating, though, because it helped us to remember the folks that I honestly, I don't think about folks who are in factories making sure that I have all the things that I need or all the packages from Amazon I don't need for that matter. But all of that that we celebrate and lift up and are reminded of, it's not about toilet paper, by the way, any more than the shepherds coming to Jesus was about the sheep. Instead, we lift people up like our grocery store clerks because we know they played an important role in our stories. They made the hard things seem a little bit easier. They went out of their way and took risks in a scary time to make sure that we had what we needed. And in similar but different ways, we are called to give thanks for the shepherds in this story too. The shepherds who also had not been given very much thought prior to this scene unfolding. After all, who really thinks about people who are living in fields or working night shifts in jobs that we rarely encounter? Or who thinks about folks who are tending the sheep or stocking Walmart shelves overnight or overseeing an emergency room at 3 a.m.? Who thinks about those things when everything goes as planned? Because I don't know about you, but I don't want to have to think about the emergency room staff at 3 a.m. because I never want to need to be there. But aren't we glad they're there when we do need them? 
it makes me wonder what else or who else we might be overlooking or that we should be more grateful for in some of these passing days and moments. It was the same with the shepherds who were there watching their flocks that night. Almost no one thinks about them, I imagine, except for their families or their closest friends. Almost no one, that is, except for God. Because God never, ever forgets, especially those that we are too quick to overlook. And it's just like God, isn't it? to choose some of the most unexpected of people, to get to be the first witnesses to the birth of Jesus. Here in this story, the shepherds who were hard at work on any night that seemed like every other night for them, as Lori said, having no idea, of course, that the very first Christmas that something might be coming, They were making sure that their flocks were well cared for, and all of the sudden, the unexpected happens. When this unignorable interruption comes in the form of an angel who appears to them, uh, fortunately, they didn't reach out and slap them, as some of the children might have. But we are told instead that they are terrified, terrified in a moment of the unexpected, It makes me wonder, as I read that word, who among us is maybe terrified or afraid of something that's going on in our lives? What in your life might be causing you fear? What are some of those struggles that maybe you're wrestling with that are overshadowing the other themes of this season? Maybe our hope or our joy or our peace. What are you afraid of? Because the truth is this season It's a really difficult and lonely time for many of us. Most of us don't want to talk about it, of course, but we aren't always feeling these things that come with the season. We aren't maybe feeling overly joyful as Christmas draws near. Instead, maybe we're feeling lonely or afraid or a little bit overwhelmed with the shifting realities of our lives as we wonder things like, how are we going to make it through our holidays without our loved ones that we miss so much? Or how are we going to make it through if we know this might be the last one that we have together? How is it going to feel for us to have traditions that have to look different this year for reasons beyond our control? Or will there be people that we love and want to give the whole world to that maybe we're afraid to disappoint because we can't give them what we wish that we could when the budget's a little tight? Or we wonder things like, how are we supposed to celebrate the Prince of Peace coming when it feels like there's no peace in the world and wars are all around us? How are we going to celebrate in this meal that maybe we are so, so grateful for, but we aren't yet sure how we're going to pay rent next month? This season is heavy and it's hard for a lot of us. And many of us maybe blissfully are unaware of some of these struggles that are happening right here and now in our community. Fear of what we don't know. Fear of what we cannot understand or what we long were different. These things aren't new to us, but knowing that it's not new doesn't make it any easier. And so I wonder whatever it is that you might be afraid of or worried about, I wonder if you might relate a little bit to these shepherds who, albeit in a different way, were terrified in the field that night. 
in the moment when those angels come in the middle of the night, seemingly out of nowhere, as it says, with the glory of the Lord shining around them. That sounds beautiful, doesn't it? But also, if we're honest, maybe a little terrifying. And if I were there in that field that moment, that night, I don't think that my first thought would have been what was actually coming. I think I'd have been a little more startled like some of the children, right? I'd have wondered maybe if I was dreaming or maybe in the worst case scenario, maybe I'd wonder if I missed something and I was in eternal life already and on to see the angels on the other side. All these sorts of questions that might ponder our moment, but instead we are told the angel said to them, don't be afraid. See, I'm bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. Don't be afraid, the angel says. And even if we pretend for a moment that we can choose not to be afraid just because the angel said so, the rest of that seems a little crazy, doesn't it? That these awful and scary looking creatures, and they had to have been awful because nearly every time an angel appears in scripture, their first words out of their mouths are, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, they say. Now, I don't know about you, but they had to be scary-looking creatures, and they announce that they're there to bring good news. I would find it pretty hard to hear good news from a creature that is so scary-looking that we are told they were terrified and trembling the moment they saw them. And yet... It continues talking anyway, proclaiming that this good news is about a child being born. And again, in those unexpected times and places, wrapped in bands of cloth, laid in a manger. But that this isn't just any child, they say. It is a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. Now, we've heard this story, so I don't have to tell you how unusual this is or how hard this might have been to believe. But the shepherds... The shepherds didn't struggle to believe like I think I would have. The shepherds didn't seem to struggle at all. In fact, I don't know if it's the way the angels spoke or the fact that they had seen them at all, or maybe it was that they were scared into believing what they heard, although I have a harder time believing that. But something made them sure in that moment that the angels were worth listening to, and not just worth listening to, but that it was worth acting upon. As we're told that when the angels left them and had gone away into heaven, the shepherds looked at each other and said, well, let's go. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place. And if we kept reading into the next verse, it tells us they didn't just go, but they went with haste. The kind of haste that we are told earlier in the story, Mary runs to Elizabeth with. Haste to go and to see this miracle of God. And it makes me wonder, as I think about all these fears in the midst of that, because mine don't just switch off when I want them to. I wonder if we think about those fears or worries that maybe we have just named What might you need to release back to God in faith in order to live with that kind of haste that the shepherds had? Not haste for the sake of doing more, not haste for the sake of staying busy, but the kind of haste that they lived with that allowed them to more wholly and fully honor God with all of who they are and all that they were being called to be. The kind of haste that allowed them to hurry their way to the feet of the Savior who had been born that day under the dark twilight sky of Bethlehem. 
haste that allowed them not just to rush to see this miraculous child and their savior, but to also allow them to share that good news with others they encountered, to tell all it says that they had seen, what all that they ran into, what they had seen and heard, and to tell it not just casually as it comes up, but to tell it like the shepherds do, with joy and as often as they can, and to as many people as they can, leaving all who heard it amazed at what the shepherds had told them, amazed at what they had heard. Just as we continue to read this story with awe today because of how the shepherds of all people went out of their way to tell this story and to praise God and to share what they had heard and seen, how are we living in that kind of awe of the ways that God is at work in and around our lives. I am so, so grateful for the ways the shepherds went out of their way in this story to overcome their fear and to listen and to share that we might have this story for us to hear today. I am grateful for the faithfulness of these unexpected characters who, in the midst of a world that didn't seem to know or understand what was happening, they chose to follow and to believe in the direction of someone who scared them, enough that they could then go and see for themselves. And it makes me realize that maybe sometimes The things that we are the most afraid of, the things that we worry about, the things that make us tremble a little bit inside or outside, they don't always turn out so bad after all, do they? Makes me wonder what some of those heavy or hard things were as we think about the ways that you may be struggling right now. I wonder where your joy in that situation might be. Not to suggest that the situation might be easy or joy-filled in its nature, but to remind us that rarely do our fears or our struggles or our grief stand on their own. It's why we do things like tell stories that make us laugh at funerals, or why we cry in moments of joy like weddings and graduations, because we know that life is complicated and it is full of twists and turns and the unexpected. And yet we also know that in the midst of it all, we can hold our joy and our grief and our fear hand in hand with one another. And we can do so in part because we know that we aren't alone in it, but that God is with us. And so whatever it is that you might be holding this day, my hope and prayer is that you would be like Mary Mary, who holds these affirmations and these words that she hears and she ponders them in her heart. My prayer is that you would be like the shepherds who didn't stop to think about what the world might have to say about what's unfolding in front of them, but instead they did all that they could to go forth glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. For the shepherds knew that God had been that God was and God forever would be with them. And the miracle of God in our midst was worth celebrating, no matter what else may come. And so this season, the season in which we celebrate the gifts of hope and joy and peace and love, 
My hope is that in the midst of all the other experiences or feels or struggles that we might have, that we would make space for God to bring forth that joy and that love in abundance as well. Let's pray together. Faithful God of love and of hope, who brings us our joy and walks with us through our sorrows. We are grateful for the miracle of your greatness and of the ways that you come to us in unexpected and unsuspecting ways. And we ask that you would help us to be fully present to you this day, this season, and always, as we seek to live into the fullness of your presence in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for the First Church Message of the Week. To stay connected, subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Facebook. For more information like our church calendar, worship times, and upcoming events, visit our website at watertownfirst.church. This has been the First Church Message of the Week.